Ladies and gentlemen, he is the Smash Wrestling Champion. Did you know that for over 1,500 days, the man overtakes Roman Reigns? He is our own tribal chief, if you will, up here in Canada. He is the guy. He is the man. And I think he should be the one that you bow down to. He's got a match at Super Showdown 8, Sunday, August 20th, in London, Ontario, at the London Music Hall. He's going to take on Psycho Mike in a steel cage. We got the one, the only, Kevin Bennett. How you doing, Kevin? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you guys? We're doing great. Thanks for joining us this morning. You're doing yeah, well. thanks for having me on. You guys Thank can hear me joining. okay, right? We can hear you just fine. Perfect. Thank you for joining Joel and I, Kevin. <clears throat> yes, absolutely. I'm glad to be here. So we've got a big, big match. You and Psycho Mike, you two have been involved uh, in a bit of a, an ongoing feud right now in Smash Wrestling. Can you catch people up to speed a little bit heading into your steel cage match at uh, Super Showdown? Yeah, I would say uh, me and Mike, we go way back. I mean, we've had plenty of matches together. Um, uh, I would say that the the heated rivalry that we're in uh, probably started maybe about a, a year ago, I would say, from now. And, uh, yeah, the guy is psychotic. He's crazy. And you can't get away from the guy. But uh, it's all boiled down to a steel cage match. And, you know, looks like I'm going to have to – you know, do what I've always done anytime that me and Mike have gotten in the ring, and that's beat him. And, um, you know, continue on with my, what, 1,500-plus-day reign and, uh, you know, beat Kevin Bennett, basically. <laughs> so as you, as you and Joel mentioned, you've had this title for over 1,500 days. And what has it been just holding the title for, for that long and being basically the, the face of, of Smash, representing the company as the champion for – in over 1500 days yeah i mean it's uh, that's a long time 1500 days it's crazy to even say that because yeah i've been wrestling in i started in smash in 2015 so i believe i won the championship in 2019 um but yeah i mean so i've, I've obviously held it all the way through the pandemic um yeah it's been a really long long time uh and I mean, it's fitting. I mean, everybody, <laughs> I don't know what the people, you know, think of me at this point. They're just like, Jesus Christ, like this guy, you know, um, every month, you know, Kevin Bennett, he just went in, just doing his thing with his uh, stupid cronies. And, you know, like, they, I don't know if people ever think anything is ever going to change. And I'm sorry to break it to you guys. It probably won't. I'm probably going to hold this thing for the rest of my life. So <laughs> it's pretty crazy. You've, you've held the title, yeah, since June 2nd, 2019, the day after my birthday. So uh, yeah. keep that up, please. Don't don't lose that title because then I got to say that it ended, you know, that that far off. You can't lose it to Psycho Mike. If you're going to lose it to anybody, you can't lose it to that guy. That's true. And you and Psycho Mike have had a match for that championship mm -hmm. back uh, in, in January. So what's going to change now? Obviously, still Cage is a big difference. But uh, Psycho Mike, he's, he's a big dude. He, he does call his spots audibly, especially that, uh, that body slam. Who wants to see one? So what's, what's the plan going into a Steel Cage match with a guy like Psycho Mike? Well, uh, Psycho Mike, obviously, he's un unpredictable because he's a psycho. But I think that, you know, the cage definitely helps. Um, you know, definitely the stakes are raised a little bit here. But uh, like I said, I don't know if you guys saw, I, I came out with a, a music video promo um, uh, just about last week. And I said that I'm going to have to show the psycho that I'm a psycho. So, you know, you put me in the cage 
you know, the remix is going to have to do things that he probably has never even thought before. So, you know, we'll just see what type of man I turn into once I get into the steel cage. Joel has asked a lot of questions about Psycho Mike. I'm going to ask a question about Matt Cardona, who you have faced. You lost to him, and then you beat him. So a double title change on the same night. What was it like working uh, with Matt Cardona? Yeah, Matt Cardona, great. Um, everything was just smooth, smooth as butter, basically. Um, you know, great guy. Uh, just definitely like the type of talent that, you know, I just had perfect chemistry with. Um, I would wrestle that guy over and over again every day of my life, basically. So, um, yeah, it was an awesome experience, obviously, since I've, you know, I've been watching him since, you know, I was a kid, basically. So uh, really awesome experience. Besides, besides uh, get more merch, because I feel like Matt Cardona shares that piece of advice with everybody. Did he share any other advice with you that you can share with Joel and I? Um trying to think oh yeah i remember him saying that um it 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 was basically tied in with the merch thing that you brought up but he 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 was basically telling all the wrestlers that like there's no reason that you shouldn't be out um like talking to fans meeting with fans like before the show like it doesn't matter if you're like first match on the card or whatever like every single wrestler that's on the show should be showing their face prior and engaging with people and you know, that sat with me because there's been so many times where, you know, I'll be like first on the card and, you know, I'm, I'm not out there. I'm not talking to people or whatever. And I'm like, you know, he's right though. I mean, we should, I mean, that's how you, you know, that's how, how you do this and in, in progress. And that's how you get your name out there and connect with people. So that stuck with me, you know, five years ago, you uh, had a, a WWE match. You were on SmackDown. You faced Andrade Almas. Talk to me about the experience, uh, not just, uh, just doing live TV, but also facing Andrade. Uh, yeah, that was, that was awesome. Um, trying to think we had like tryout matches earlier in the day. And I guess I was the guy that, um, they liked the most per se for, for this match. Uh, yeah, really, really cool experience because I've always wanted to, you know, wrestle on TV obviously, but working with him was, uh, it was, it was really cool, but also like, like there were there were moments like where I couldn't like really understand him I guess, uh, but like we also had like an agent with I believe we had like Dean Malenko with us at the time, and uh, uh, he was kind of doing like all the you know communicating and whatnot. Uh, I think that was like the only thing I was like kind of scared about I guess because like I remember we were going over some things and then like there was like miscommunication at some point and like we had to go up in like a couple minutes so I'm like oh god I hope like it's not like there was too much really to remember but it's like you got to remember you're on tv in front of you know millions of people so it's just it's nerve-wracking no matter what but you know once we got out there like like I remember the bell ringing and I just totally forgot that it was even you know, WWE TV, it was just like, once the bell rings, it's like, you're just kind of back in, you know, you're just a wrestler. <laughs> but then like, after the match is over, I was like, oh my God, this was sweet. You know, the referee is like, you all good, man. Oh, that was fucking awesome. And blah, 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 whatever. <laughs> so uh, it was a cool experience. He, he was really cool. Yeah. Fun times. Did you get any other uh, praise or or just anything else from from backstage when you got back there i know you said the ref was like that was awesome but did anyone else give you any uh, feedback 
yeah, a bunch of people came up to me. Um, I remember when I came back in through Gorilla, uh, Vince McMahon waved to me and, and said, thank you. And I thought that was like one of the coolest things. <laughs> um, yeah, a bunch of people like came up to me, like uh, they complimented my selling. So like little side story, um, they, I think they were thinking about changing um, Andrade's finish at the time. And I, from what I heard, he, uh, I think it was like maybe the, the, the local talent that he wrestled the week prior. Um, I guess they just didn't like the, the way that the DDT looked on that guy. So like they were probably just going to scrap the move. So they actually had me uh, take the move like, I don't know, four or five times before the match. And I just remember them being like, oh, my, because I just basically just plan on my, my head, you know what I mean? Like, uh, and I just remember people going, man, that looks amazing. Like, you do that on television, it's like, it's going to be golden, you know? So, you know, sold it the exact same way that I did um, when we practiced it, like, five times. And, yeah, that's what they just kept saying afterwards. Like, man, you made him look like a million dollars, blah, blah, blah. Um so I felt good. And I remember somebody telling me to like stand aside. And I hear these stories all the time, like stand aside, man, somebody's going to come and talk to you. And, you know, anybody you talk to that hears something like that, it's like, oh, my God, I'm getting a contract like this is it, you know, but nobody ever ended up talking to me or anything, um, which really isn't a surprise. But but yeah, it, it was cool for like a good half hour after the match. And then, yeah. Joel, Joel mentioned uh, WWE and, you know, you wrestled in front of in front of an audience there. AW, you were there for Dark and that was in front of nobody or limited capacity at uh, Daly's Place. What was that experience like in AW? Yeah, that was really strange, uh, obviously, because of the pandemic. So, um, you know, just like all like the COVID testing and like all the, you know, paperwork that you had to bring and um you know, strange times, obviously. And I've never, I mean, the last time I wrestled in front of absolutely like nobody, basically, was when I used to like backyard with my friends. And uh, so it gave me, you know, yeah, vibes from, you know, like childhood almost, because it was like, it's not like you weren't wrestling in front of nobody. Obviously, you know, the other wrestlers were, you know, ringside, like being fans. So I mean, that was cool. But it's like, you know, um, it obviously would have felt a lot different had, you know, we've been in an arena with thousands and thousands of people. Um, but yeah, it was, it was still a very cool experience, you know, just to see how they operate and everything. And um, yeah, it, it's still a really awesome experience. Buffalo brothers continue to have uh, a lot of AEW impact. One of them is weekly when Daniel Garcia comes out, you wrote, produced and performed Daniel Garcia's current AEW theme. Talk to me. We're going to talk about your music career, but talk to me about putting this song together because uh, DG's had a, a few different themes. How did we get to this one and you being the guy? Obviously, you two have a, a, a very strong relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, like I've made uh, a couple of his, his theme songs, like, you know, for the independent circuit. And um, I think he just he looked at me like a guy that he could trust, obviously. Um, you know, he knows that I'm decent at what I do, but I think he wanted like a particular style theme song. And I think that, you know, what he was getting at the time, um, not that his theme songs were bad by all means, but I, he has like a music, a taste in certain music, you know, like drill music, 
uh, loves like reggae tone, things like that. So I think, you know, since we're obviously so close, you know, me and him, he could tell me and show me things like that he actually, you know, enjoys or, uh, you know, is into. So basically what I did is like he, he told me that I think I had like a week to do it basically because I think somebody made him a theme song. It didn't work out and, you know, the clock was ticking. So it's like, all right, man, like, can you do this before, you know, Dynamite uh, the next week? And I'm like, absolutely. And um, I'm pretty decent musically under pressure, at least I think. Uh, but yeah, he gave me a bunch of examples and stuff, you know, like Pop Smoke and Bad Bunny and things like that. So, and I know Daniel because I've been on like countless car rides with them and all the music that we listen to. So um, yeah, what I ended up cooking up for him worked and he showed it to everybody. Everybody loved it. And um, it, it's cool because like the, the, what is it? The reactions that the fans have of it now, as opposed to when they first heard it, it's like so much stronger, so much more positive feedback. People are really liking it, searching it. So it's really cool to see, you know? Uh, before we, we get into your music career, which I know Joe wants to talk about, I do want to ask about being in the ring with Walter and what it is like to be hit by that man. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that match. Uh, yeah, that was mind-blowing that i even um that, that match even happened honestly uh yeah really I, I just remember the building being extremely hot that day so it was just like the match was it was a good match like i enjoyed it but i just remember just being totally drained afterwards just because of how hot it was in there and then also you're wrestling walter but um you know i was scared going into the match because of the the chops and what he's known for but i think I'm surprised. I think I only took maybe like maybe two chops at most. Um, and I'm still alive. So it's like, you know, it wasn't, you know, I guess as, as bad as I thought it was going to be, but, um, but yeah, man, wrestling Walter, the, it's cool that you brought it up because sometimes I'm like, man, like that was an awesome match to have, you know? I was, you shared... I was at that match. I was at that show. Oh, you were there? Yeah. I was there. <laughs> it, I was, it was, was hot in there, man. It was yeah. super hot. Yeah, I was parked at that venue because that was SummerSlam weekend in 2019. And I was myself and, and Sean Ross Sapp, we basically lived in that venue for, for a few days. So yeah, hell of a match. I, I do recommend people going out and finding the match between you and Walter. Yeah, thank you. You've shared the ring with, uh, you know, a lot of top, top names. Uh, Walter, obviously, being one of them. Dark Order, Speedball Mike, ba Speedball Mike Bailey. You've teamed with Kevin Blackwood, who's one of my favorites uh, out there right now. Daniel Garcia, Joe Gacy, who people say Joel Pearl looks like Joe Gacy. Is there a name that where when you were in there with him, you thought like, all right, this, I, I've kind of made it. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm really good at this being in here with this guy. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would say, like, once I started wrestling in uh, Smash, like, 2015, that's when, like, you know, I was just being fed, like, you know, top talent after top talent. So, um, you know, I've always been kind of hard on myself, like, it, basically in anything, you know, music-wise, personal life, uh, wrestling, and things like that. So I've always had, like, the reassurance from other people, like, man, you're really good, you know, you can hang with anybody, basically, and you know, I've over the years, I've come to, you know, really uh, notice that about myself that I 
can basically get in the ring with just about anybody, you know? And um, I think that that's really what a wrestler, what every wrestler should strive to be. Not saying everybody should be like me, but, you know, if you can wrestle anybody, like any type of style, I think that you're doing pretty good for yourself. So, yeah, I mean, just as, you know, the more, um, you know, guys I've wrestled, obviously, in the back of my head that I'm like, man, I used to watch this guy when I was a kid or, um, you know, this guy's traveling everywhere. Like, uh, you know, you definitely get like a more like confidence, I guess, you know. So, yeah, I've definitely like reached that point, I would say 2015 on. So, I, yeah, I basically feel like I could wrestle anybody and have a, a pretty good match with them. So let's go from from 187 Thugs opening to 3-6 Mafia, opening for Aaron Carter, creating the Pokemon rap. Let's talk about your music career. You're, you're, a, bit, you're, you're a rapper, dude. You are a musician. What, what got you in there and what keeps you driven creatively to keep uh, performing and keep creating? Uh, yeah, so, man, I would like to say that I got into music around the time that I did, uh, that I became a wrestling fan, basically. So that's like eight years old, you know, maybe. So, like, my older brother was really big into hip-hop. And, uh, you know, his older brother influence definitely like rubbed off on me. So ever since then, I don't know, I just had this like um, obsession with um, like creating. Like I always used to draw as a kid, you know, I, I liked just the idea of create, creating anything and just calling it your own basically. So um, I just remember, yeah, nine, 10 years old, uh, once I got a hold of the internet, basically just, um, you know, would research on how to like record things or, you know, just the whole process of like making music. And, um, you know, I never dropped it. And, uh, just ended up doing more and more research every year, got better and better, you know, never went to school for it or anything like that, all self-taught. And um, yeah, eventually I ended up doing shows, I think once I, I was, uh, I would say maybe about 18 or no. Yeah, probably about 18, started doing like live rap shows and things. So it's like I was doing wrestling shows and rap shows. And I, I just, you know, I was super busy like all the time. If I didn't have a wrestling show on the weekend, I was doing a rap show. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I it, it's basically just been a big journey of me. And the way that I look at it is just I just I keep just progressing and progressing, um, trying to learn more about mixing, mastering. And I just want to be that guy that um, – can take pride in basically doing it all himself uh, with, you know, no help from anybody else, basically. <laughs> uh, it's, it takes a lot of time, obviously, and it's taken me years to get to the point that I'm at now, but it's been a, a blast and, you know, I, I love making music. So Joel and I've had uh, Alex Hammerstone on be before, and he also kind of does music and wrestling. So two part of question on this of, one, he was telling us about the, the parallels to wrestling and music careers. So I would like to know your thoughts on the parallels. And two, uh, influences in music, because I am a, a hip-hop fan, my, myself a fan of rap. And so uh, I want to know your influences when it comes to that genre. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like with um, it, it's cool because like, I mean, I, I had started wrestling before um, I started doing live hip-hop shows. So I remember doing my first show, it was like, um, you know, I, I was a natural at it, basically. I just remember, you know, there was a lot of people there, and I just remember getting up and, like, you know, trying to get the people going. I just felt like I was at a wrestling show, basically. It's basically, like, the same thing, to me, at least. The same feeling, same adrenaline, like, 
um, uh, it just felt very natural to me. But um, yeah, like as far as influence and th- influences, um, definitely. I mean, just like New New York style uh, hip hop music. Like that's what I listen to a lot now. Is like a lot of you know, like nine, 90s um, New York hip hop. And uh, one of my biggest influences, and uh, there's some people that like laugh at me for it, but it's like, I really don't care because it was definitely my childhood. But like 50 Cent was like a big deal for me. <laughs> Love 50 Cent, like that man, um, you know, obviously a good rapper, but, you know, made so many hit songs, man, like so many moments in my childhood. And I just always wanted to be like him. <laughs> So when I started making music, like it was basically like I thought I was like a, you know, sixth grade version of 50 Cent, basically. So, uh, yeah, but it, New York style rap like, I, I, you know, so like Jay-Z, Rakim, you know, like all, all those, you know, New York rappers. That's just like my bread and butter, basically. Nas, Biggie, all those guys, Any, anybody like anybody who's making fun of you for liking 50 Cent, I I <laughs> I, I don't understand that at all. Like that, that that's well, crazy. I guess, to me because- I guess because like he's, he wasn't really looked at as much of like a, you know, lyrical, I guess, rapper. I mean, if you, if you want to compare him, like, I guess you wouldn't put him in like a, a top five, like rappers of all time. Right. But I mean, I just thought he had it all, you know? So I, I thought he was the coolest thing ever. The songs were amazing. The raps were really good, you know, but, and you know, there, I've heard that from like just you know hip hop like connoisseurs basically that you know. Look, if they, if you understand the the lyricism part of it, if you were not influenced by Get Rich or Die Tryin' in some way, like as a, as a hip hop fan, as, as a music fan, as a musician like Joel, then I I have no idea yeah you know, what what you're talking about because that is one of yeah. the influential albums of all time. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, every song is a banger. Every I I just went to a Fifty Cent concert the other day. <laughs> It was right. it's his final lap tour, man. Yeah, so like, oh, I had to be there, and it was a blast. So, uh, in other interviews, this is my this is my last question for you. In other interviews, you talked about fatherhood, and and I'm a dad too. My my son is 16 months old. Christian Cage once talked about you know his daughter at the time was one and was being a daredevil, so that's what you know she got from him. My son unfortunately looks a lot like me, so that's what he's got going for him. Uh, <laughs> with with your kid, what are you seeing uh, as she grows that? you know not only are you learning as a father but like what has she inherited from you because i know at one point you talked about the artistic side maybe being part of that yeah yeah definitely well so my whole family basically just calls her my twin because like we look alike (laughs) and she doesn't look much like mom unfortunately i mean i see little bits and pieces but she's mostly me um growing up like i mean she definitely has like the like she just loves like um, music is one big thing because she's always there seeing me. She's helped, helped me make songs before. I mean, that's all she's really been around, you know, with me. But like, even if she's watching, you know, movies or, you know, TV shows and things like that, she just loves the, um, like reenacting, like doing theatrics and like singing. And um, like, I've even put on um instrumentals you know that i've made she'll ask me to just to put beats on with no vocals and she freestyle sings basically and comes up with like you know melodies i mean what she's saying obviously doesn't make sense because she's not shy of five years old but um there's been times where she's come up with melodies that i'm like 
that sounds really good. Like, I think I'm going to have to throw that. And I'll literally use like a melody that she's come up with on one of my, my songs. So I don't know if she's going to be, you know, like a dancer or, you know, a singer or, you know, maybe a rapper or just anything that has to do with like performing. Cause she's very, yeah, she's like very, um, she likes to entertain people, I guess. So yeah, I mean, she's a lot of me. You know, she's got a lot, like a little bit of her mom in there, but I think I'm taking over when it comes to this kid. <laughs> Kevin, thank you for joining Joel and I. Uh, Joel and I today on the show. We really appreciate it. Let everybody know where they where they can find you at. Yeah, all over social media, um, Twitter. Uh, I go by the Kevin Bennett. Um, yeah, you can find me obviously Twitter, Instagram, uh, I'm on Facebook, but I'm really on uh, YouTube. It's um, uh, YouTube. I'm killing it on there right now. So, uh, you can also find me Spotify, Apple music, all my music and whatnot on there. So definitely, um, you know, follow, follow all those pages, subscribe, subscribe to the YouTube. I have songs coming out every month. Uh, that would help me a lot. And yeah, that's about it. Go find Kevin everywhere. He mentioned, and also see him in the ring on August 20th in London, Ontario, at the London music hall. He's going to take on cycle Mike in a steel cage match for the smash wrestling championship at Super Showdown 8. Until then, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Yes, thank, thank you, you guys Kevin. so much. Appreciate yeah. it. Enjoy the day.